Welcome to Behind the Podium, a podcast series produced by GTS Educational Events that lets you hear what speakers are saying before or after the podium mic is turned on. Join me, your host, Jasper Appleton, to find out what makes these speakers tick and discover new insights on topics that matter to you on each episode of Behind the Podium. Welcome back to the Behind the Podium podcast. I'm your host, Jasper Appleton. With me today is Jessica Matthews. Jessica is the CEO and co-founder of Uncharted Power and one of our 2020 Government IT Symposium keynote speakers. Jessica, thanks for joining us today. No, of course. Thank you so much for having me, Jasper. As someone who most likely needs no introduction, however, tell the listeners a little bit about the Jessica O. Matthews story. The story of a Nigerian-American woman with a non-scientific, non-technology degree who founded a power company at the age of 22 after inventing an energy-generating soccer ball in her dorm room at Harvard. A black innovator and entrepreneur who has since been invited to the White House, was on Forbes magazine's 30 Under 30, was named Harvard Scientist of the Year, and has Magic Johnson as an investor and board member. I think the people would love to hear that story. Wow. Um, a little bit about me. Well, I think, yeah, as you said, I'm a, a dual citizen of Nigeria and the United States. Um, most of my family does still live in Nigeria. Uh, however, I was born in Poughkeepsie, New York, in upstate New York, and uh, currently split my time between Poughkeepsie, New York, where we're actually now getting ready to deploy um, our new infrastructure solution, uh, and in Harlem, in New York City as well. Um, main thing for me, I think that's uh, important, is that one, you know, I think there's really been three themes to my life. Uh, the first being intersectionality, the second being intention, and the third being impact. Um, from the perspective of intersectionality, I'm very proudly Nigerian-American, and the duality of that existence of, you know, seeing how things were and are in Nigeria and how they are in the United States, seeing where they're different and seeing how they're the same, very much educated my worldview and, and kind of gave me the passion and belief that I could create a world not you know, so much thinking about how, is, how it is, but how it should be. Because a lot of the things that we take for granted here in the U.S., um, or rather took for granted, because honestly we're, we're seeing a lot of the power issues now, uh, you know, you couldn't take for granted in Nigeria. The things that worked here didn't work there. Um, and then sometimes even vice versa. Uh, and so seeing that incongruence was something that kind of definitely got me to start looking at infrastructure, got me to start looking at um, the hard things a little bit more closely. I think before a lot of my peers based out of the US because they kind of have this false sense of security that something should just work. Um, I'm also, you know, a woman. I'm, um, I am a black woman in America. Um, and that means something. Uh, that, that means something in terms of my perspective of the world and how I think about uh, what the world should be for people who I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just leaning into that consistently has always been a huge thing. Even just the fact that I'm, for example, the, the second of four kids. Um, uh, the, I'm not the oldest. I'm not the firstborn son and I'm not the baby. So, you know, in a Nigerian family, it's like, what are you, right? But you kind <laughs> right. of, you, you find, uh, you know, you find, you find your role and you kind of push, you know? And so I think I, I decided from a relatively young age, at the age of like 19, that I wanted to dedicate my life to making sure that every single person had as full of life that they could have as possible. Because, you know, for during the, about a year ago, before that, when I was like 18, I had three members of my family pass away. One of them was my aunt who was younger than I am now. 
Um, I'm, I'll be 33 in February. Um, the other was my father, uh, sorry, my, um, my, my dad's, uh, not my dad, sorry, my, my mother's brother-in-law, um, and sorry, and my mother's father, excuse me. Um, and they were, they all passed away from things that were either totally avoidable, or at least would have been delayed if they had access to sound infrastructure um, for basic things that, again, sometimes we take for granted. Um, and so I, what hurt me the most was that they likely ended their, their lives, you know, um, believing that there was nothing they could do to make the world better, that there would be nothing better than the status quo. And I felt that the, whatever I could do to change that, you know, and make this journey of life feel more engaging and more productive and like you have more agency, you know, it's a mindset, but it's also what you actually have access to. And so I had that intention then going back to the kind of pillars. So that intersectionality, that experience of who I am gave me my mission. And then I had an incredible intention to, to make that happen to the extent where I became, it came to the point where it's almost like I was uncompromising on my mission, but then incredibly flexible with how I got there. So it started first with energy generating soccer balls. And then we started making, um, you know, energy solutions for uh, technology consumer companies before getting to the point of building infrastructure um, and actually building energy generating speed bumps that would become precursors to energy generating roads. All of this in the, the effort to bring innovative infrastructure, you know, solutions, like actually solve a problem. Um, and where we are now, you know, uh, it's quite interesting because it was already such a huge leap to kind of be willing to go from soccer balls to infrastructure in the first place. And I'll, I'll share more about that when we, um, when we speak uh, for the, during, during my keynote. Um, but impact also was a huge, huge thing because about two years ago, you know, in this full process, it became very clear that I, like many other infrastructure technology company founders, you know, that are making truly innovative technologies, realized that I was kind of at an impasse and I could not get my technology to scale in communities. I could not get it to actually serve communities. And that's when I realized that the problem was much bigger than just creating a cool energy generating thing or mm -hmm. some other, you know, cool, like smart technology. The issue was the way we think about integrating and deploying and operating these technologies in communities. The platform that we can provide to cities and to governments and cities to streamline the physical and digital integration of a truly smart city, um, that that just didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And it, if it wasn't for actually taking the time, I think, to really think through the impact of the work that we've been doing. And, and, and all these, again, all these amazing infrastructure solutions that we always hear about, why aren't they scaling in cities? Right. Um, that's what you know brought me to where I am right now. And so, uh, at the as the CEO of Uncharted Power, um, which we're probably going to be honestly changing our name to Uncharted uh, not too long uh, it, from from now in 2021, our what we really focus in on is building a modular platform that transforms the ground into an industrial IoT platform for the deployment of critical infrastructure. So we're talking about modular serviceable pavers that make it that totally get rid of the dig once obsolescence issues of actually putting things in the ground from power cables to broadband. Um, we're talking about 
durable, sustainable sidewalk materials that are better than concrete, better than asphalt. We're talking about digital twins that, that actually had the interoperability of seeing what's happening with your water pipes and your power cables um, and your smart city sensors and your 5G antennas all on one dashboard so that you can see your city speaking to you and you can actually start having predictive maintenance. And we're talking about the future of financing this type of infrastructure by thinking about the ground, not just as a conduit, but as a platform for honestly data. And so each of our pavers actually doubles as essentially like a nano data center. Mm -hmm. And those cloud services generate revenue that really subsidize the cost of the infrastructure, making it a scalable solution. And we would have never gotten to the point where we could have created that and created something that now we actually have multiple cities that are lining up and we're getting ready to deploy this project in Poughkeepsie um, in, in just a few months um, and then scale from there at no cost to the city. Um, we would have you know, never gotten there if I didn't think at the age of 19 that maybe a soccer ball that could generate energy would be worth something. Right. And the socket was an incredible device that looked to help solve the problem that nearly 2 billion people around the world don't have access to reliable electricity. Now you've created what you call the uncharted system. Will it use some of the technology that harnesses that kinetic energy or is it different? As excited as I have been for what we've done in kinetic energy, what makes me the most excited for what we're deploying, our uncharted system, that it's, it's actually designed for so much more than that, right. right? So it's designed to be the platform that streamlines all these new innovative technologies mm -hmm. beyond just the things that we make. And so what we've really have said is, you know, at, at the end of the day, our world's in crisis right now. Um, we have natural disasters that are wreaking havoc on our planet at an exponential rate. We have millions of students who do not have access to basic connectivity to go to school. And I'm talking about the US right now. I'm not even talking about Sub-Saharan Africa, right? Mm -hmm. We have cities that are facing unprecedented budget deficits because of COVID. Um, and you know, their citizens need more services and they barely can afford the, the, the services that they had before. We have marginalized groups feeling even more left behind, which I think truly is at the core of why we're such a divided country right now. And what we're really thinking through is, you know, we first set up just to solve a problem for ourselves. So in order to install energy generating speed bumps, we knew that we actually would have to build a better ground for installing that. Right. And then we realized that that was pro problem was bigger than ours. So the uncharted system actually doesn't generate energy. It doesn't do anything that, that our old products used to do. It is the platform that makes it easier for us to install energy generating uh, speed bumps or roads. It makes it easier for us to, to co-locate 5G antennas in the ground. That makes it easier for us to deploy smart city solutions across the board that have been around that we've all been talking about, right? From AI to autonomous vehicles. We, we've all been talking about these things, but the core platform that's needed to streamline this doesn't exist. And so we end up with uh, you know, basically expensive piecemeal solutions that cannot scale. It's why you'll hear a cool story. Oh, a city has four solar powered smart streetlights. That's great. Mm -hmm. Four years later, how many do they have? Four, you know, like they don't have right. any more. Um, and so how do we address that problem? And um, it, it's been quite a wild ride to actually essentially transition to the company that would enable what we used to be. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I think it's nice because if we didn't have that pain point, you know, for me, if I didn't spend seven years trying to bring a kinetic solution to market, I wouldn't have known that it looks like the first thing we need to do is it's build the platform. Yeah, way. change the way we build infrastructure. Imagine deploying infrastructure solutions in a matter of days, if not weeks versus years, and getting the chance to get feedback from your community. And if they want something different, being able to easily take it out and put something else back in without there being a whole issue. Like imagine how, right. how much easier it would be. Right. And, and like you said, just thinking about the connectivity of, of, of making, making sure more people have access to the fact that even the internet is something that's basic human need. And what I would like to, to highlight is at Uncharted Power, you've put a stake in the ground by saying that universal access to smart and sustainable infrastructure is a human right. How important is that to you? The fact that everyone deserves this, not not just in the U.S., but also everywhere. But the fact that we can implement it here in the U.S. because we have the money, we have the infrastructure, we have the technology now. Why not? And that's something that you also talk about. That's something that you also are very passionate about. Why not? That's what that's what created or helped you create the socket. Just the fact that you no, said why not? Yeah. No, it's true. You know, I think I think it's it's actually it's it's incredibly frustrating for everyone, right? So think about this. On one side you have hundreds of infrastructure technology solutions that have been developed, that have been pondered, that never make it out of the lab or that make, never make it out of pilot stage because we haven't changed the way that we build infrastructure. And, and they're at the ready to solve trillion dollar problems. And on the other side, you have citizens in communities that are starving for these solutions that are dying without these solutions. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, the, the analogy I've used before is, um, it's almost like we're at a buffet and there's all of this food, more food than you could ever imagine. And you're so excited because you're starving and you you're, you're, can't wait to sit down at your table and eat some food. But then when you go to try to find a tray, there's no tray, there's no, there's no tray, there's no plate, there's no cup, <laughs> there's right. no fork. And so it's almost like this taunting reality that if you are like, if you are actually going to attempt to pull together a plate and bring it to your table, you can't. And so you could just kind of stand there and try to eat food, but it's not efficient. It's not effective. You're not really this. It's not a scalable, sustainable way of consuming all of this, you know, and that's basically what cities have been facing, you know, city leaders, technologists, like the, the people, you know, we're all going, we're all going to be together talking this room not too long from now. Um, the, the reality of the situation is they're faced with an incredibly difficult problem because yes, they see that these technologies exist, the 5G and the AI and this and that, but no one has said, here's a way to pull it all together. Here's your tray, here's your plate, here's everything you need to make a plate and bring it back to your city so your citizens can eat. And that, and for us to be in that position to do that, again, as a company that we didn't start in thinking about kind of streamlined infrastructure management and operations and deployment, we started with a problem, sustainable, like we like power, access to sustainable power. And it was the intention of kind of continuously kind of walking into a room, walking to a room, or if anything, almost like we knew there was an issue, but we couldn't see, you know, we couldn't see where we're going through the trees. We couldn't. We, and so we would just kind of start to chop our way through all the bush, getting to the point where we realize that the problem has never been 
about, you know, just like energy generation, there's so many amazing renewable energy generation solutions. Mm -hmm. There are so many amazing technologies out there. These technologies exist. It's, it's the fact that we've given the people who have to bring these things to these communities and make them function and scale, we've given them no support. We've made it incredibly hard to scale these solutions. And so I'm, I'm excited because, you know, it's, yes, it's a story of, I guess, like, I don't know, being incredibly stubborn, right? Uh-huh. Um, but also there were a lot of times when we could have just had a lot of fun, you know, putting out a million soccer balls or even yeah. making these speed bumps and kind of just saying, hey, install it. But we, we kept true to our, to, our, to our mission of really wanting to ensure that there was universal access to, right. to sustainable infrastructure. And for there to be universal access, it has to be convenient. It has to be, it has to be you know, to use almost like Google as an example, Google provides us with amazing, I'm just like, no matter what we think about Google, like they provide us with amazing digital infrastructure. Like everything that we have, like in some ways, like just our ability to enter the digital world and engage in the digital world. We have all of that and we essentially get it, you know, for free. Right. Um, You know, how isn't, aren't, shouldn't we be more concerned about the fact that there are some things in the digital world, it's easier to live in the digital world than it is to live in the real world. Right. And at the end of the day, all we ha- and it's not like there isn't a market. We have technologies that are being ex- created. Mm-hmm. We have people who want them. The disconnect, the incongruence lies in the, the, the way that they meet, mm-hmm. the way that the, the, the bridge between them and how they can scale. And that's really been the, the push. That's the focus for us right now, because we, we have a, a decade of cool solutions that we would love to put to market if we can solve this problem. Right. And I feel like it's also challenging for cities to kind of ask them like, hey, like we're just gonna completely tear up your ground because we know that this is going to work. You're gonna have to trust us. What does it mean for you to be able to have your hometown of Poughkeepsie be your pilot city in your pursuit for this clean new infrastructure? Yeah, I mean, it means a lot because, you know, I, um, I, I'm very grateful to Poughkeepsie for, for making me who, who I am. They're part of my story. Um, and I, I believe that the best way to really show people that you're serious about something is to, you know, do things in places where you personally are tied. Like my, my mom and my brothers, they still live in Poughkeepsie. Like our, our facility, you know, uh, is, is in Poughkeepsie. Um, we already did a, an initial installation in our own facility parking space where my brother and my mother drive over every single day to show people like, Hey, and that's actually been up for a year actually already. Like we, we tested it on ourselves first. Um, you know, and so I think those things are important, but, you know, I think also there's, there's ways to kind of think through things strategically. The trust is amazing. And I'm so appreciative to Mayor Rolson and the, the city of Poughkeepsie and the city planners. But I also think there's something amazing when you come in and you're not saying, I want to test out a new technology. You say, I hear you have problems. And so like, I'll give you a very direct example. Like, you know, when we met with the Department of Public Works there, they said, listen, you know, from our end, our issue is that everyone's upset about the, the state of the sidewalks, the state of the roads. We, get, we have $100,000 a year in our budget to fix sidewalks and we have $2 million of broken sidewalk. So automatically now when we're looking at the first places that we want to install our pavers, 
to just demonstrate the ways that we can solve problems for the community, we're, we're actually reaching out to them and saying, where do you have the broken sidewalk? Because first things first, we're going to show you that this is better, more durable sidewalk. So now it's not so much, you know, it's less of a risk. It's actually more of just like, oh, thank you. Right. And then we say, okay, well, what's another issue, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, that it's all about making lives better. So Wi-Fi is a problem. Okay, we have kids who like 65% of the students had basically almost dropped out of school right. because they could not get online for their digital learning. So we're like, okay, well, the whole point is to show you that once we have this system installed, you no longer have to wonder where you're going to install these infrastructure solutions. Wi-Fi connectivity shouldn't be an issue. There are dozens of companies creating modular Wi-Fi connectivity solutions. So now we get to go to them and say, hey, what if, here's a list of them. Which one do you like? Oh, you like these? Okay, we're gonna go ahead and co-locate these in the pavers so now you have this hotspot here that kids can use if they wanna at least do homework by the park. A quick proving point. Hey, if you don't like it tomorrow, no problem. We'll replace them with the next thing because now this, the one dig issue is no longer there. And now you have, now there's all of these companies that you can start to have fun with and it's, and you can start to kind of almost have like this sand pit. And so that, that what we're finding is that the city planners are feeling incredibly empowered because they've always been told that the world is just as it is. They've never been told that they had the ability to, to be more agile and think forward about what they want. Um, and so it's, it's a, it's exciting because these are problems in my community. These are, this, these are my, you know, my, my town people, my, right. my city people, my, you know, You're, my, the people that raised you, the people exactly. that, that, and that you grew These are real with. problems. No, they are, yeah. they are facing real, real problems right now. Um, so it goes beyond a case study. It, it, it really hits home. And I, yeah, and I think that's why, again, why it just makes you the perfect person to implement this sort of system in a place that you also care for. You have ties here. You know, this is what matters to you at a fundamental level. It's always always has. What better place than to implement that in somewhere that you used to call home? So that's why I think it, it is an incredible thing that you're doing. And again, thank you for, for being on here. I, I have no more questions uh, left for you. Like the great Sean Evans would say, there's nothing left to do but roll out the red carpet for you. Uh, if there's anything that you have going on in your life that the listeners should know about, uh, please let them know. No, I mean, thank you so much, Jasper. This has been fun. I'm really looking forward to uh, the, you know, the full chat that we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I guess like, I think it's December. Um, coming up soon. Yeah, coming up soon. And, uh, and yeah, I'll share more there. You know, I, I will definitely share more about even our pilot. I think the big thing is, you know, at the end of the day, I'm excited to come and share my, my story a bit more and how I got here and how we were able to work through COVID going back to the same things I mentioned, intersectionality and tension and impact. But I'm also really excited to share what we built as a result, because for this audience in particular, I think we have something that could maybe solve a lot of their problems. Absolutely. As always, the links to our socials will be in the description below. And make sure you watch your keynote speech at our virtual government IT symposium on December 8th. Jessica, once again, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Behind the Podium, a podcast by GTS Educational Events. Visit our website, mngts.org, for the full lineup of podcasts and to learn about all the exciting events we have coming up. 